It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tottenham Hotspur stretched their unbeaten run at Wembley to 12 games in all competitions and sail through to the fifth round of the FA Cup with only six Premier League home games remaining before we enter our shiny new home. As we have the last word on Spurs in our Stoppage Time special. And to follow all the way to RVB to lead Genoa. Danny Rose on his Premier League debut, and it's Gareth Bale's night once again. Stoppage time. Alan Welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this Last Word on Spurs, we'll be taking a look back at Tottenham Hotspur's win over Newport in the FA Cup. We'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel and looking ahead to the big one, the North London Derby to come Saturday. So, let's introduce the guests taking us through the next hour. As always, I'm joined by Jason McGovern with us tonight. Jace, how are you? Not too bad, mate. Just about thawed out from a bitterly cold Wembley night. I bet, Jace. It did look really, really chilly there. And joining Jason tonight, back on the show, we've got Vass from Hotspur America. Vass, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, Rick. Good to be with you again. And great to have you, Vass, and great to have you. And finally, last but not least, we've got a returning guest to the show. We've got Ashley with us. Ash, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks, mate. A bit nervous, but a bit excited for the weekend. Oh, Ash, I think we're all feeling a bit like that. It's one of those games that, for me personally, I never really look forward to it. Only if we win it, can I then say after, God, that was worth it. But... We've got a quite a bit to cover until we come on to Arsenal. So let's take ourselves back now to what was Wednesday night. Jace, you was there at Wembley. A cold Wembley, as you say. A 2-0 win. And you could have argued, Jace, maybe it should have been more against Newport. From a Spurs perspective, though, Jace, was that exactly the kind of game Poch would have wanted? What did you make of the performance? I think he'd have probably liked it to have been a little bit more comfortable in terms of the scoreline. He'd have probably liked us to show just a little bit more clinical finishing and... You know, I think I said 4-0 on the, the preview show, and it really should have been. We had, we had a host of chances in that second half and um, didn't take any of them, and it was a, a probably a disappointment that Lorente couldn't have couldn't have notched uh, another goal for himself. But um, from the moment, really, we got that, that... Well, probably from the moment we got the first goal, the, the tie was pretty dead, but two goals inside, what, 32 minutes. 
it just felt like a, a training game and it was it was really just a question of getting 90 minutes into the legs of the likes of Toby and Rose and another 90 for Wanyama and Lamella and players like that. Winks also returning and and really just a, 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 mess, a, a mix up really between a getting back to fitness 11 and a, and a backup 11 and it was a, an extremely comfortable night after all. Yeah, it was. I mean, Breed around you, Vass. I mean, comfortably in, like Jay says now, to the fifth round of the Cup. And players who needed the game time getting it crucial minutes, Vass, and key men rested going into this game at the weekend. Yeah, that was that was important. I think we were a, a bit uh, down about having to have a replay with Newport. Um, but after almost going out, it was... Uh, relief that we did then the timing of it couldn't have been better really with a lot of players coming back from injury so good to see a lot of uh, faces uh, playing last night that haven't had game time for a while and but by all accounts we've got a fully fit squad available now for for Saturday. Yeah, very much indeed so. And bringing you in, Ash, I mean fair play to Pochettino it has to be said nine senior internationals in that 11 with Deli Ali, Ericsson and Kane on the bench as well. I mean, no one could say Ashley wasn't taking that game seriously, despite, as we say, playing Arsenal on this coming Saturday. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't think we'd go as strong. When when I saw the line-up, I was a bit surprised. But then, th- thinking back, all the players who did play uh, kind of need the game time. Uh, with, with regards to youth players, I thought he might have, Tried to introduce one or two, but maybe after the, the first game against Newport where we started Harry and it didn't go to plan, may, maybe you just didn't want to take any chances. I mean, after all, it is probably our most realistic chance of a cup, so he needed to make sure and we won it quite comfortably in the end. Yeah, very much indeed so. And Jay, bring it back round to you. As always, guys, we're going to try and throw your questions throughout the show. JP, friend of the show. Jay, I hope you're well. Um, he asked the question, Jason, you can vouch this because you were there. He asked, where was everybody and why was it so quiet? <laughs> just, uh, just, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's it's live on TV. It's a midweek game. It's sandwiched between Man United and Arsenal. So I'm sure that, that keeps people away. But I keep hearing... This thing, we must win a trophy, we must win a trophy, we must win a trophy. And there, there's a game that you can win a trophy in. And so, you know, if it's Wednesday night and it's on TV, well, Man United was Wednesday night and it was on TV. But 80,000 can go to one and only, what was it, 36,000 can go to the other one. And, you know, if you are in that we must win a trophy thing, surely that, that trophy that's available at the end of this line is a bigger game than the, the Premier League where you can't win the trophy. But um, we've seen it with Barnsley. We've seen it with uh, even the West Ham Cup tie. Wimbledon was, I think, how many for Wimbledon? Was it 45, something like that? So, but, you know, people are entitled to uh, to pick and choose their games, I suppose. But I thought, you know, ticket prices were excellent for it. And it is a disappointment that, that there's not a few more people there. And I just dread to find that the, the new White Art Lane's lovely 60,000 shiny ground. Oh, it's going to be, what, 62,000 now? Oh, yeah, they've up as well, yep. Mm. They've just, just pushed it up again, haven't they? But the thought of 36,000 in there for a cup tie isn't exactly appealing. And, and why there's no atmosphere? Well, there's so many empty seats and people are sitting in a row on their own and things. That's why there's no atmosphere there. Yeah, I mean, bringing you in, Vass, it's fair to say you can spread out at this ground and there's not a queue for the toilets. But, I mean, Vass, do you think it's a case where we used to notice it at a lot less at White Hart Lane because of the fact, you know, it was a smaller stadium. I think back to like, so, you know, we had Gillingham in the cup, the last game, I can think of at the lane in terms of a cup game where that was still pretty much a full stadium, if I remember. There wasn't too many spare seats. What do you make of it, Vass, in terms of the atmospheres for these cup games and the, and the attendance, really? Yeah, I think the attendance, um, I heard, was around 39,000. I mean, Jace may be right with 36, which... Whichever figure, that would have been enough to fill White Hart Lane. Um, Newport brought down about 7,500 travelling fans, which was amazing. Mm. Uh, I think it's a bit... um, You know, we talk about Pochettino prioritising competitions, and and yet fans are loath to admit that they too prioritise competitions. I mean, tickets last night were a tenner for adults and fiver for kids. Mm. The club had already made an announcement that they weren't going to open the the top tier of the stadium anyway for this fixture. So it was only ever going to be the lower tier plus the Olympic Gallery or whatever it's called um, that would have been open. 
and you know, thirty nine, forty thousand, or whatever, forty five thousand, probably was the maximum we could have got in there. So it's kind of understandable. And I think with games like this, we're playing teams from lower leagues. Uh, there's an air of complacency um, amongst the fans as well, and that that sort of uh, makes the atmosphere a little bit um, uh, dumbed down. I mean, we had no problem creating an atmosphere the week before against Man United when there was eighty thousand there, but when there's sort of thirty-five, forty thousand there for a, a cup game against uh, a lower division side, it, it just seemed to be going through the motions a little bit. Yeah, I mean, bringing you in, Ash. Like, I mean, you've said on the show. You know, this is the most realistic chance to win a trophy. Do you think it's a case of what? Hopefully, as we progress into this competition, the attendances are gonna we're gonna gonna start to see us, you know, filling up Wembley. Hopefully, if it is at Wembley or elsewhere, because normally Tottenham fans away from home, that argument can't be said. We always set out our allocation wherever we go. I mean, what do you make of the whole general situation in terms of the atmosphere and attendance last night? Yeah, definitely. Um, we're definitely sell out. Uh... Wembley if we had a cup game against Arsenal. Of course, yeah. Um, mm. I guess it's 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 down to a, a few factors, really. It, it probably doesn't help that it's midweek just before an Arsenal game and it's also also midweek just before... Um, no, just after, sorry, uh, Man United, which we played last Wednesday. So it's a lot of games which people have to commit to. I mean, personally, I didn't go uh, last night. And, um, yeah... Uh, in terms of uh, filling out the stadium at White Hart Lane, we we would all we would always have a few empty seats. But um, at, at Wembley, even even England internationals, you, you'll see friendly games, and there'll be fifty, sixty thousand fans there. Yeah. So it, it, it's not just a, a Tottenham problem. I guess it's a, a a football problem as a whole. Fans will pick and choose which games they want to watch, and if there are are bit bigger games on the horizon coming up then people are just going to stay away from the smaller games and make sure they prioritize and go to the better games uh i mean if if you know that it's going to be a, a half strength team and and you're expecting us to win and you know that there's there's going to be a, a slightly lesser atmosphere because the whole stadium is not open for instance and it's not really going to encourage all the fans to go especially the regulars who who, I, who, like I said, will be going on Saturday as well. Yeah, it's a fair argument. I mean, I guess we'll see as we um, progress through this competition what the attendance is going to be like. I mean, it's an interesting one. Let's get back around back to that team then. So, Jace, despite 10 changes on Pochettino, it was a very strong lineup. We had the return, I think, like you said, Toby Adeviro, Danny Rose, and Harry Winks have all played from the start um, in their first appearances of 2018. What did you make of the team, Jace? Is that what you roughly expected? Any surprises in there for you? No, I think it was. You know, we probably knew that. that we probably knew that Kane wouldn't start, despite the fact he did down at uh, at Newport. I don't think anyone was too surprised to see Ericsson and and Deli Ali rested as well. And then we probably knew that that the the injured players would hopefully come back and it'll get Wenyama through. But you know, it shows you the the depth of our squad that gets challenged by just about everybody outside of Tottenham and by lots of fans of Tottenham. You make 10 changes from the Liverpool game and yet you're still fielding 9-4 internationals mm. on the yep. pitch. So, you know, that perhaps puts in perspective that our squad, as I've said all along, is a lot deeper than people give it credit for. But, um, no, it was good to, you know, good for to see Toby back for sure. Was a was a really easy evening for him. Good to get those 90 minutes under his belt. And I'm, I have a feeling that he will get a start on on uh, on Saturday, but um, just important for players to get time on the pitch, and nice to see Winks come back in and get ninety minutes as well. But uh, and then then it was a case of could could one or two of the other players that that weren't necessarily returning could they grab the opportunity and and take the limelight and and, and lay a into a first team place, and probably Eric Lamella was the one that, that stood out, and and uh, Sonny obviously stood out tonight. We, we know he'll probably play Saturday anyway, but Lamella was certainly the one that, that grabbed the opportunity to make an impression as to as to you know whether he should get a place on Saturday or not. Yeah, very much so. I mean, we're going to bring it on to Lamella shortly, but starting with the first goal, Vass. I mean, we had you on the show before, Vass, and you did feel, and I think like many out there probably say, Sissoko was being a little bit scapegoated by Spurs fans. Danny Walsh asked the question, how do you think Sissoko played, Vass? Can I ask you that one? What do you think? Um... 
Yeah, I mean, previous comments on, on, on Sissoko being scapegoated is, I think, it, it, it's just the default guy to blame when mm. things aren't going going well. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's, you know, a complete player. He, he's probably one of the weakest links in, in our in our squad, but I don't think he's uh, always the one to blame, which was my, my previous arguments. Yep. I mean, yesterday... I didn't think Sissoko played well, if I'm totally honest. Um, he, he still had. He's, it's funny how how he's passing sometimes to a teammate. It, it kind of makes the teammate need to turn back to get the ball, or it mm. goes on, you know, it's maybe under hit or something like that. But I can't really say he played poorly or, or well. Really, it was just an indifferent performance uh, in retrospect. Uh, but just going on to the point that somebody made a little while ago about maybe um, playing some youngsters. I mean, when, when you think about it, if we've made 10 changes yeah, that's a and, we, you know, have, there's no way a youngster's going to be able to get in, really. Um, and if we had more available, then it could have ended up with having made 11 changes yesterday, potentially. So that's, that's where we are at the moment. And whilst it's nice to get youngsters in, um, you know, if we've got 22 or 23 guys who are first-teamers needing game time, it's going to make it all the more difficult for youngsters to get a game. Um, well, unless they want to play them above Sissoko, I guess, given your original question, Rick. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because like you said there, Vass, we've got a squad of 23 that you probably argue, Vass. I mean, outside the, the first 11, you'd probably say the other... That the all other players there, they could probably go on to play for, would you say, top 10 Premier League teams, Vash, you'd argue, maybe outside the top six, if you get my gist. It's hard, isn't it, to try and balance what Pochettino's got to do there with the other players? Well, that's that's the thing. I think mm. the more successful we become, well, success as in maintaining our progress rather league, than yep. uh, anything else, yeah, for the moment. But the, the, the bigger club becomes in terms of uh, numbers uh, and first-team squad players, then opportunities for uh, the youngsters coming out of the academy and the under-23s, etc., uh, are going to be more difficult. So they're going to have to potentially raise their game even more just to get on the bench or, or to get... They're going to have to be special now. They're, they're up to a point yeah. recently, youngsters looking to get into the first team had to be good. Now they're going to have to be special. And that's a good sign for us, really, because... It, it should motivate the youngsters to get into the team and it will obviously um, benefit uh, Pochettino's squad as a whole. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes on that one. It will be. Ash, I want to ask you, do we give Sissoko any credit then for that first goal or is that just a slice of luck? He's put a ball in the box and it's come off a defender's leg. How do you see it, Ash? Um, well, he got into the position to cross the ball. It was a good position. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're trying our best, aren't we? Trying to find something to give him. <laughs> Well, well, if, Poor guy. <laughs> if, if the defender didn't touch it, it was going straight to Lamellas. So mm. I feel like it. It was it was a good-ish cross, and yeah, I I, I give him credit for the for the goal. Yes, yeah. so in isolation, yes, the goal. He made the goal. Um, in terms of his performance on the night, I didn't think he was that great. He was probably probably our second worst player behind Lorente. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just because I'm a bit no, tired. That's, that's, the, that's the main two. I think that's the main two. I've got to be honest with you. When you look on social media last night, Ash and the night before, I mean, those are the, the kind of couple of players that have been singled out as the weak links. As you know, that's what Jace has also said in terms of the squad. I mean, Jace, let me ask you then, with Sissoko, um, where's your head at with him? Is he just simply this squad player that you know we'll see in the summer where the situation's going to lie with him? Well, I think. I think you know we've had it before, haven't we? There's there's ninety five percent of fans that are scathing of him, and I'm probably in the five percent that just just don't particularly rate the player. But I don't sit there and and, and scream abuse and try and make him a scapegoat for everything. I mean, at the end of the day, he's done something that we all dream about doing. He scored a goal for, at Wembley for us, and he's played now what sixty odd games for Spurs. So if he's if he's shit, then um, how bad are the rest of us type of thing? So I'm certainly not going to scream at somebody like that. But, you know, we know he's he's not good enough. In our, he's nowhere near our strongest strongest team. He's probably nowhere near 
even now, now everybody's fit, he's probably even struggling to get a place on the bench. But he's been the one fit central midfield player for most of the season, hence why he's why he's played. But I'm sure that they'll look to to upgrade him in the summer, and it, it's as simple as that. But all the time he's playing for us, I just won't stand there and, and shout some of the abuse that I hear last night. But I think his his night was kind of summed up, wasn't it, when he. He had a shot late on that was closer to Wembley's roof than it was going into the back of the net. So that was, you know, that perhaps sums him up. Oh there you oh go. Jace, let me stick with you then. Let me ask you about Eric Lamella. I mean, his first goal for Spurs since early September 2016 against Newport. I mean, for me, great to see him in that free role in that midfield. I mean, I know it's difficult because you've got to judge it sometimes on the opposition. But look, taking the opposition aside, Jace, do you think, you know, there's a player there that seems absolutely desperate to get his career back on track? And you saw when he scored, that goal meant a lot to the player still. It did, and the, the nice thing about it was he, he looked to create all night, mm. playing almost in the, the Ericsson role, and he, he always wanted the ball. And I think the highlight of the night was was when he, he tried a Deli Alley nutmeg, but instead of using the ball, he actually ran through the bloke's legs himself. And that was uh, <laughs> that was an, that was quite something to watch, and I'm sure there's a gif on the way through of that. But um, no, it was good to see him score. It, it's, it's a big, big three months to the end of the season, because obviously... Son, Ali and Ericsson are probably the, the preferred three. And now he's got Lucas Moura to, you think, he may well be the first one that Pochettino calls off the bench in front of Eric Lamella. So every opportunity Eric Lamella has, he's got to absolutely grab it with two hands. He's got to learn to do like nice night. It's no good him now just doing the odd little pass or the odd creative thing within a game. He's got to give us 90-minute performances every time he gets his chance. And if he does that, then then hopefully everything works out for him and, and he's still there. But, you know, we need that real period of consistency from him. As I say, it's just difficult for him to get in Premier League teams at the moment, but when he has his opportunity, he has to grab it. And and last night, he did everything that was probably asked of him. OK, it's Newport, but they, they were quite scathing of him, weren't they, Newport, in their... Um, in that match scouting report saying he lacks drive and he lacks passion and he doesn't like being tackled and he doesn't want to make a tackle. Well, I think they might have to revise that opinion of him after last night. But um, it was it's what we wanted to see from Eric Lamella last night. He still gave the ball away a, a few times when he, he didn't need to. But if you're trying to play creative passes, yeah, you will give the ball away. Yep. The important thing is that he, he wanted the ball at all times and he tried to create at all times. And, and that's, that's all you could ask of him. Yeah, very much so. I mean, let me ask you, Vass. Life of Ty asked the question, how long until he's knocking on the door to replace Deli Alley? I mean, that's a bit of a bold question in itself. What do you think of that question, Vass? Lamella? Yeah, Lamella. Yeah, Life of Ty says, you know, from his perspective, how long is he knocking on the door to take his Alley's place? No, it's going to be a long time for that happen, to be honest with you, I think. Um... Listen, I've always supported Lamella because mm. I think um, he's got skills and attributes that do benefit the team when he plays. And when he's had a, a prolonged run in the side, um, he's he's shown what he can do. I know he has his detractors and, and some people just haven't warmed to him. And no matter what he does, they, they yeah. never will. Mm. Um, and, and that's just unfair. But... I'm not saying he's the best player in our in our squad. Uh, he isn't. We've got better players, the likes of Ericsson and Kane, etc. But Eric Lamella is a talented footballer. He's been with us, what, four years or something like that now? And he's been injured for almost two of them. So that hasn't helped his cause. Um, would love to see him get more minutes and, uh, and more playing time. But as we mentioned earlier about the squad becoming stronger and stronger... Um, his chances will become more limited. And like Jace rightly says, he's, when he, whenever he does play, he's got to try and grab that opportunity. And, and in training as well, he's got to show Pochettino that he's worth a start and, and that he's actually worth a new contract, let's not forget, because he's only got, I think, is it a, a year and a half or something left on his contract? Or mm. What's your gut telling you, Vass? What's your gut telling you on this one? Do you think we're going to see Spurs offer him a new contract? Because all the indications from Pochettino seem to suggest that. But, I mean, let's be honest. I think the guy, in total of the, I think, three, four years he's been here, he's only made, I think, I might be wrong, 40, 50 appearances at best. Can you see Spurs yeah. offer him a new contract based on that? 
I can, and oh, right. okay. the re- the reason I, I say that is because mm. I think Pochettino likes him and right. he rates him. He's also come out and said that he feels Lamella's a more mature player now, mm. um, and he's sort of grown up somewhat. So maybe he's seeing stuff in training that we're obviously not privy to. I think a lot of it also rests on how how he comes back from the injury because you know yep. let's not uh, be sort of uh, glib about this that's some serious injury to have mm. operations on two of your hips so mm. it's a marvel that he's actually come back playing so let's hope he goes from strength to strength but i think we we might see a, a short extension on his contract uh if not if no if for neither reason but to preserve his value but i think we will see something being done with lamella because i think pochettino likes him Okay, I mean, I've, I always like the player. I think there's definitely some creativity in, in there, and we've seen that in terms of his performance against Newport. Let's hope he can remain consistent, like Jason yourself has said. I mean, Danny Walsh asked the question. Let's bring it around to you. He asked the question, you know, in his opinion, Lamella was man of the match. Everyone's gone with that. Would you say as well, Ash, for you, he was your man of the match on the night? Yeah, I, I, I thought Lamella played well. Uh, his his, his link-up play was, was pretty good, and he took his goal pretty well. Uh, it's it's a type of performance that I want to see him put in uh, over a consistent basis. Though yeah. uh, mm. since, since he's joined, he's always had the flashes of brilliance. He, like for instance, that Rabona, and I, <laughs> I remember him scoring a couple of uh, curled, curled goals from outside the box. Which which when I, when he first came, I thought he was renowned for um, in in the Serie A. He was always cutting in on his left hand side and just bending the ball uh, into the far post. Um, haven't seen much of that since since he's been at us, but if if he can put in performances like he did last night and link up the play well and and make sure that when he is coming on as a substitute, it's not just to to just take the place of someone; it's to actually improve the team. Because sometimes I feel with with players coming off the bench for us, it might be because they're coming on a bit too late, but they they don't always seem to have the impact um, we would hope for, but. If if he could uh, be someone we could rely on off the bench, someone who could turn a game, like against against Liverpool, for instance, I thought he was excellent off yep. the bench. Mm, very much so. Uh, yeah, so if he could be someone like that, I don't see him starting uh, too many games with our front four at the moment. But yeah, de- definitely a vital squad player going forward, especially with the tough run of games we got. Yeah, be interesting to see between now and the end of the season just how many games he can put in some consistent performances like we've just all said. Jace, bring it back around to you then, Sassoni, again, Jace, for us. I mean, such a bright spark out there on the night. I mean, I lost count the amount of times we've said that this season, but he's pulling the strings all over the park. Such a classy player. And, Jace, you know the great thing about Sonny is, regardless of the opposition that we play, it just seems to be this consistent performance from him week in, week out. I mean, posed a constant threat all night, didn't he, Jace? Well, I've said all along, haven't I? He's, he's a player that just... Everything he does is as positive intent. Even if he, even if he makes the wrong decision, it's it's because there's the, he wants to do something positive. He he very rarely takes the safe option and just keeps the ball. He's always trying to beat his man, and he's he's one of the few players that we've got that's that's capable of really attacking his man and then going either side of him. And he's he's become a, a key player. Well, he, he for me, he's been a key player for a long, long time, right the way back to to last season when he deputised for Kane and, and from that moment at that Manchester City game right at the start of last season when he won the Man of the Match award he went on a run of scoring from that he was fantastic after Christmas last year he ended up with what 20 odd goals last season himself didn't he and he's, he's continued that the only little break he had really was when he, he came back late from from summer duty didn't he because he broke his arm for, for South Korea and it took him a, a little bit of time to to get that fitness and form back, but really, probably since the since the Palace game, when he curled the winner in in that Palace game, from mm. that moment on, yep. it, it's been the, the old Sonny, and he's he's consistently performing. and And you're right, no game's ever ever below him, is it? He, he he certainly doesn't look at it and think I've got Arsenal on Saturday, so I'll I'll take my foot off the gas and just try and coast through a game against Newport. As soon as he gets the ball, he wants to attack his man, and and probably the the fallback was was delighted to see him go off because he he twisted and turned him several ways during the evening, and 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 again another assist for him. So, yep, a big big Sonny fan, mate. Yep, very much so. Vass, let me ask you. I mean, Toby Adavirold again. 
I've got to say, put the opposition to one side. Wasn't it great to see this guy back in a Spurs shirt? At the heart of that defence, I mean, I say it all the time, but for me, it's just that seamless reassurance seeing Toby back there and it's just calm and composure on the ball. And within the first minutes, Vass, we saw him back making those beautiful diagonal passes across the field. Yeah, he's been, he's been sorely missed. Mm. Well, I say sorely. I mean, we haven't defended too badly without him, but, I mean, the guy is just different gravy isn't he just yeah he's a class act he'll probably walk into any team definitely in England and most teams in Europe I would have thought so it's great to see him back um poses a dilemma for Saturday I think Mm. but we might have we'll get on to that later on no doubt but yeah Yeah, yeah. it was fantastic to see him back and get a full 90 under his uh under his belt for sure yeah let me ask you Vass what did you make of Wan Foy if we've got a kid there who is being you would argue say mentored by the likes of Toby and Yan around him Davinson who's obviously coming to the team this year I mean I thought Vass he looked really really decent again I mean he's growing by game by game for me in a Spurs shirt what have you made of his overall contribution I know it's only the cup game so far we've seen him is he growing for you in a Spurs shirt Vass uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, his frame is somewhat slight for a centre-back. Um, but Pochettino knew his worth, being an Argentinian as well. He probably knew a bit more about him. Mm. And let's not forget PSG were after this lad as well. and He almost went to them. So um, there's no doubt that the kid is a talent and one for the future. From what I've seen of him... I think he makes good decisions um, on the ball, and he his heading ability as well. Even though he's a he's a smallish uh, centre back, he he does head the ball well. Generally, heads it to a teammate. Not not one of these guys will just head it anywhere. He's quite composed. He's grown into games. I thought at the Newport A game, he started off slowly, but then he grew into that game and on a horrible pitch in a, in a game where not many of our players played well. I think he was one of the more positives that came out of that game. And then last night as well, I thought he had a he had a positive game too. Now, of course, the opposition was Newport yeah, and it wasn't mm. Liverpool or no. Man City or whoever. But um, yeah, he's, he's got time on his side. And I think working under Toby and Jan Vertonghen uh, can only be a good thing. Ash, we've had a couple of questions on Wan Foyf. Let me ask you a couple. Um, bold at G-I-L-B-R-G-2852. That is a mouthful. Um, bold, thanks for your question. He says, looking at Foyf, I'm wondering whether he'll make a good holding midfielder. Distribution will have to improve, but always looks comfortable on the ball. That's an interesting one. Ash, what do you make of that one? Well, I've never really thought about mm. him as a as a midfield player. Uh, he, I mean, he's not going to get in our, into our team at the moment in, in defence when everyone's fully fit and we're playing our strongest team. No, yeah. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say I'd have him over Eric Deer or, or Wanyama either. I I feel like, a- apart from Kante, who covers the ground magnificently, m- most most defensive midfielders are, are quite strong. I'd, that That's always been my worry with Foyth, is that when we, when we got him in, he, he he's not an imposing player, so... It, you worry that he could get bullied, and I feel like, especially for us, we we, we always play with that dominant central defensive mm. midfield. So he he probably wouldn't fit our system. But I mean, it's interesting if if he he's still young, so he might he might bulk out a bit. Uh, and if he does, and Pochettino sees similar qualities in him that he did in Eric Deer, thinking he can move him forward, then yeah, wh- why not? I mean. We, all we want is players who can play in multiple different positions. It only enhances the squad. So, yeah, we'll, I'll give him a go. Yeah, um, see how he goes. Okay, and one more. Let me ask you, Ash. Uh, this is from Schubert. He says, "Would you look to maybe send him out on loan next season? And if so, where?" Uh, it de- it depends how Pochettino is going to go. Uh, I would personally, I would quite like us to stick with four at the back because it, I feel like we've got more attacking players who we need to fit in the team and if if we play him three at the back it kind of restricts the amount of players we can play maybe Son has to drop out um, especially now where we've got Lamella and Mora back so it depends how Pochettino sees it if, if he does want to go back to the three at the back then I'd keep him because 
we'd only real realistically have Eric Deer covering and if Wanyama gets injured then Deer's gonna have to play midfield. So we wouldn't really have a cover at centre back if he wanted to play three at the back. But if if he wanted to go back to a back four, um definitely. because uh, we'd have Davison to cover, Deer to cover. And we could send him out on loan. I, I don't think it would do him any good being in a championship or a lower league team. He might get bullied there, but I could definitely see him uh, a mid-table, lower to mid-table Premier League team. Yeah. Um, someone like Southampton, maybe. Someone mm. that plays decent football, likes to play out from the back, somewhere he can improve. So, yeah, so probably a, a team like Southampton, something like that. Yeah, interesting I think as well, in terms of a loan, it depends roughly as well where we are European-wise, because mm. obviously if... If if we end up, God help us that we don't, but if we end up in the Europa League, then there's an extra, you know, six games before Christmas that he can certainly play in then, as well as, you know, uh, Carabao Cup ties and things. So, you know, I, I, I'd be surprised if they shipped him out on loan too quickly, that's for sure. And, and there may well be quite a bit of game time for him next season, so... Well, Jessica, let me ask you, you was there at Wembley watching him. I mean, Zoe Pearson asked the question, what do you feel was the best parts of his overall performance? Is he on his way to fulfilling what looks like a real potential player in a Spurs shirt? What do you think, Jace? Yeah, there's a hell of a long way to go, but it, it's just his, his calmness and, and his confidence on the ball. I think he played one early ball into Wanyama, which put Wanyama in big trouble. We conceded a, a free kick from But other than that, it was, it was just the... The total calmness and assurance that he's got on the ball, but you know we have to bear in mind that the team he's up against. I think the other, the only Premier League side he's played against was West Ham in that Carlin Carabao Cup thing, and he was badly at fault for one of the goals, didn't he? When he switched off and got caught in in no man's land. I think it was for their equaliser that night, and and he struggled through that through that night. And I have a feeling he was alongside Toby that night rather than. I'm pretty certain Alderweireld played against West Ham in that that Carabao Cup tie. So mm. it's just you know, like any young player, he, he needs game time and and he needs he needs a run of games before you can really um, make, form an impression of him. All all you can say at the moment is he's he's done pretty well when he's had the the opportunity and you know, but it, it's it's far too early to judge where he'll be. But you know, fingers crossed. Everything works out for him because he certainly looks a good player and he looks the type of ball-playing defender that we'll want. But I, I, I would fear that it'll be another two or three years before he's really ready to, to step up and be a week-in, week-out Premier League player. Well, Tom, let me ask you, Jace, where another player might be at and maybe you can fill us in on where you think. Fernando Loriente. Jeff Knight asks, what is going on with him? MC Lucky asks, what does Loriente bring to the squad? Is he any different to Janssen? I mean, Jace, let's be fair, he made a poor start to the game against Newport. Misplaced simple passes, you'd say, throughout that first half alone. And then missed two good chances late on. I mean, Jace, what does the future hold for this guy? Well, the only thing with the two missed chances late on, the first one with his header was actually flagged as offside. So it wouldn't have counted okay. anyway. But we'll let him off that one. He, but he wasn't... He wasn't <laughs> He wasn't to know that, and he still edited it wide. So I mean, he should still have scored, and then it then it should have been disallowed, and that might that probably would have summed up his luck if he'd have scored and it was disallowed. But I thought the volley was in. I must admit, as soon as he hit the volley, it looked like it was in, and just drifted past that post, didn't it? But no, he was he wasn't great last night. I mean, his hold up play around the first goal was very good, but but I don't know if if he had to hold the ball up ten times, you know, six or seven times, he seemed to get dispossessed. I think it's it, it's the the problem we've got with with that that position. Fernando Lorente is a much better player overall than we're seeing at the moment. You know, I, I, I still I, we still go back to say that I can understand why we bought him in the summer, but for for reasons perhaps of game time, for lack of confidence, whatever those reasons are, we're we're not seeing the anywhere near the Fernando Lorente that that Swansea had last season, and it's it's definitely a problem and. Without getting game time, you don't see it being fixed. But then he doesn't deserve the game time, and when he does get it, it doesn't look great. So I don't know where you go with it. It's just it's, just, it's not working out, and it's certainly something we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have to revisit in the summer. But no, I don't think Vincent Jensen is the answer either. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, that's bringing it over to you. We did have a chat off here about how much this second striker thing at Tottenham is becoming a real difficult mission, especially when you've got someone like Harry Kane, who you know, Vass, if it is going to play every week. I mean, it is a real, real conundrum, Vass. I mean, what do you do in this situation when you've got a player like Lorente who just has got to come in, make a difference, and isn't when he's been called upon? Yeah, I mean, we've had... Um... As you said, discussion off air, and, mm. and we mentioned the likes of Murata and Batshuayi and a few others who wouldn't didn't want to come to Spurs because they would have had to play second fiddle to Kane. Mm. So it's difficult to know who you would get who's going to have some sort of impact coming off the bench and just getting a few minutes here and a few minutes there. Um, I mean, I, I sort of tweeted something yesterday about Lorente saying that he's moving around the pitch like he doesn't really ever believe that the ball's going to come to him and he certainly looked like confidence wasn't there um, and I had a, a Swansea fan just reply to me out of the blue and he and he said that you know they liked Lorente down there but they even they knew that nothing sticks to him and they couldn't get any momentum from him up the top he's different when he's attacking a good cross though but um the chap also also said he you know he goes he loses the ball too often generally has a poor touch um, you know get down the flanks and whipping crosses and, and he's your he's your man but you know he said he, you wouldn't want him back and I think that kind of sums him up is what mm. we're getting at the moment is yep. n- nothing seems to stick to him his touches are poor um, he's clearly lacking in confidence and this whole second striker thing at, at Spurs it's a real real conundrum at the minute I don't know. What what the solution is there, unfortunately. You just get the feeling that however we tackle that, it's just going to need one hell of a gamble because there isn't a, a, a striker of proven quality and of note that is going to want to come and play second fiddle. So you're either going to have to take a gamble on a, on a youngster that scored goals at a lower league level like we did with Bobby Zamora all those years ago and, and look how badly that went, you know, that type of player or a, a foreigner that will be coming to a completely new league and probably won't play too many Premier League games to get used to it, or finding, like in Lorente, uh, a proven goal scorer, but that's coming to the tail end of his career. And then but, but we could well have the same Chase, problem with we? him. It's mm-hmm. really difficult to, to find a solution where we can say that he's definitely going to solve the problem. I think it's it's gamble time on, on any of them. Well, we've been gambling anyway for, with the last exactly. two purchases. I mean, we yeah, got yeah, Jan- right. Janssen, who was... Uh, uh, scoring for fun in Holland and was his Holland's number nine when yep. we took him. So you think good gamble, good price. He's a goal yeah. scorer. Then we went the other way and got a proven older guy who was already scoring in the Premier League. So we took a gamble on him, and it seems as though neither one of those worked. Well, even Saldado, no. that's even when you look back at Saldado, I think he had the, um, yeah. the fifth highest strike rate in in the world in Europe or in the world at the time when we signed him. Well, he did, but the difference with Soldado is we we brought him to be our main striker. Yeah. But now we're looking point. we're looking for for, second, yeah, second for people to mm-hmm. be second strikers off the bench. So you're going to have to pay somebody um, a decent wedge to be happy enough to sit there, mm-hmm. and that's not going to happen. So you know it's a very it's going to be a gamble. Whatever we're just going to keep having to take chances and and hope we we find the right solution at some yeah. point. Indeed. Well, the most important thing out of all of this is that we are in the next round of the Cup. We will be playing Rochdale. Let's ask you, Ash, I mean, that pitch, God, it looks like a health hazard warning, doesn't it? I mean, it looks like a beach at the moment. I mean, there are talks, Pochettino has said in his press conference on Thursday that he's going to look to speak to Daniel Levy with a view to maybe moving the game for the safety of the players. I mean, what did you make of, um, well, have you, I don't know if you've, have you seen that pitch, Ash, that potentially we might have to play on? Yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty cut up. It's like the typical Sunday league yeah. pitch, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Very much uh, so. It's, I, I, was, I was speaking to a couple of friends about this, uh, actually, and we were saying that it's, it's the type of pitch that none of our players would have played on probably since they're maybe five, six years old. Mm. Like, what, when they're getting brought up through the academies, they're always playing on the prestige pitches with the <laughs> lush prop. And, and they're, they're not going to be used to play, playing on such a rough pitch, whereas obviously the Rochdale players, they'll be playing it every week, so they're a bit more accustomed to it. Um, in terms of getting it moved, I highly doubt it. Mm. If it, A couple of people on Twitter have mentioned, well, asked me that. I said, if if it was if it's good enough to play in the league, then we've probably not got much chance of moving it. 
if if the football league's happy with their league games to be played in it. Um, and also, if if we do ask for it to be moved and uh, it, it gets granted, then have a Millwall sick. Is there a a cause for them to complain to the FA and be yeah, like, that's look, a good point. very good point. Yeah, we're not happy with the the. We weren't happy with it either, but we had to play on it. We want the game replayed because it's, the pitch wasn't fit, and then that opens up a whole other can of worms. So, yeah. I I just don't think that it they the FA will move it purely because of partly that reason, and also uh, it has has many games in the past been been moved uh, due, due to this. I mean, well, I can think of no, that normally no, yeah. No, it's the non-league, like really small stadiums where, like, they they haven't got the facilities to hold the game. Yep. But Rochdale obviously do. It's just the pitch. So I, I I can't remember off the top of my head any games which have been moved purely because of the pitch. Mm. I think they they'd only get moved for crowd safety reasons, wouldn't they? Yeah, they that's the argument rather than the actual things like that. I mean, the off. thing with it, you have to just accept it. I, I don't even talk about it. Don't show any signs of weakness when you when you get asked. It's so we're looking forward to playing there. It's, it's a cup tie we're looking forward to, but don't start talking about the pitch. And <laughs> the more you make it a problem, if the FA do get involved. You can imagine what what Rochdale's reaction you, you would say, be, wouldn't it? You it's say like, that, there's Jace, no chance we're coming to Wembley. You say that, Jace, but the state of that pitch is absolutely oh, shocking. Yeah, I saw awful, pictures but... on the TV not that long oh, ago, yeah. and it was yeah. disgusting. Dis- it really is bad. I mean, I don't know how they're getting away with it, but some. Listen. At the end of the day, you gotta you gotta consider um, the player's safety. I, mean, I, I used to ref myself, yeah. and going uh, pitch inspections pre-game always a must. And it was you always have to have in mind whether the pitch is in such a state that it's going to endanger player safety. Now, if it doesn't, then we're just going to have to suck it up and play on it. But if there is uh, any danger that it is going to endanger any player's safety then you know some authorities are going to have to step in and maybe do something about it yeah but but that's for the referee to decide isn't it first it's it's not for Tottenham to sit there and say we don't want to play on this pitch just you know certainly not come out publicly and and say things like that just keep it under the surface just yeah maybe maybe and then we shouldn't have said anything perhaps yeah I get that yeah that's all I mean and then as soon as you say that Rochdale immediately think well Tottenham don't fancy coming here so why do we want to move the game they're Mm. already worried about it so just Mm. just leave it and you can voice those fears at the training ground in the week can't you but you just just don't come out and make them public yeah well tell you what it has come to that point of the show it's time to talk about them lot as much as we don't want to talk about them lot ahead of Saturday. Jace, let me ask you then. Look, I'll be honest with you, this game, I never look forward to it. I mean, I'm going on Saturday. I mean, I'm only going to enjoy it at the end of it. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, Jace, I don't know how you see it going into it, but four points currently separate the two sides. A win against them, Jace, naturally will take the seven points. Do you reckon that's too much for them to catch us in this race of Champions League football? How do you see it, Jace? Don't even well, mention all... gaps, will you? For oh, I'm sorry. well, I thought we got over it back after the last season. <laughs> no, yeah, well... I never. <laughs> no. Let me ask you, Jace. I, I, mean, I was going the the, uh, the separation distance. How about that? Is that better? <laughs> well, the separation distance is is a lot closer than it should be because they're they're from the other side of the river, not from down the road. So they're already too close to us for my liking. Um, no, I don't think if we beat them, they're they're beyond going back above Tottenham at some stage in the season. But I think if we beat them, then and, and other results, you know, the, the likes of Liverpool were to win at the weekend and, and Chelsea beat West Brom, then I think the gap to them and fourth place, regardless of who's fourth place, would be too much. Um, but, but you're right. It's a game I never look forward to. I don't like the build-up. I don't like all the talking before the game. I don't like players yapping to the media. I know it's part of it, but I just think, look, just get out there, play the game. And we've we've seen it too often in the past, haven't we, where we, we talked ourselves up going there this season and Tottenham are the favourites going into it for the first time and everything's going wrong at Arsenal. And then we turn up and it was a it was a, a pretty pathetic day all around, wasn't it? They won the game comfortably and it is the worry with them. And putting rivalries aside, we know they're a, they're a very good side going 
forward and they've got lots of players that can that can definitely hurt you let's be fair about it and Alabama Yang's been a, an excellent addition for them and Mickey Terrian's an excellent addition for them so we're going to have to play at our best to make sure we we get that result on Saturday can we do it we definitely can do but um we've we've got to show it on the pitch not not yap about it in the build-up to the game I mean, Vass bringing you in. Jace mentioned there about their signings in January. I mean, it does seem to be an argument from them, Vass, that with those signings of Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan, along with Ozil penning that new contract, they have much more of a settled team with no more off-the-field distractions with the Sanchez departure. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Vass? Are we facing a different Arsenal team to the one that we would have been with Sanchez? I mean, that's a silly question as a player missing, but do you get my gist what I'm asking you there? I guess we are, because by all accounts, he was quite a disruptive influence inside that mm. club. Um, so they're probably glad to see the back of him. Talented though he was, no question about it. Oh, yeah. And sure. he really was the player that made them tick. Um, it remains to be seen. I mean, when it was mooted that Arsenal were going to sign Mkhitaryan and Obama Yang, I wasn't overly concerned. Talented though those two players are, because... I, I sense that Arsenal's issues are more deep-rooted and they mm. lie in, in midfield and in defence, really. And they still haven't addressed those areas. So, as long as we can keep their uh, forward line relatively quiet and we can win the battle in the centre of midfield, um, it, that that's where it's going to be won for us if we're going to do it, I think. The only advantage I think they've got about the new signings is that they both played together before at Dortmund, so they know each other's game and they can, um, you know, interchange and, and read each other quite well. So it, they'll, they'll settle in a lot quicker than they would have done had it been two players from two different clubs, let's say. So, yeah, Saturday's always a nervy one, isn't it? Do you, but, do you um, enjoy it, Bass? Do, gotta... do you enjoy it personally? Or do you only enjoy it once the result goes our way? Can you enjoy this build-up? I always pay no attention to the build-up. Okay. I don't really, I don't really zone in until about ten minutes before kickoff. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. You can do that. Yeah. No, I, I, if I'm watching the games on TV, I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck. Mm. I, I'm a bit better if I'm actually in the stadium, which thankfully I will be on Saturday. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think we just got to worry about ourselves. Just keep their attackers quiet. Win the the central midfield battle and then let our forwards um, do the work. I think if we can put in a performance like we did against Man U last week, um, that, that's the kind of thing we're going to be looking for on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, Ash Caravans, you're all going to be there on Saturday, all looking forward to it. I mean, can I ask you, Ash, bearing in mind Arsenal's recent record um, at Wembley, and you look at our form at White Hart Lane against them, I mean, how much do you think... If I ask you, Ash, how much is playing at Wembley for us a hindrance against Arsenal, bearing in mind their record there? Does that play any significance in this one at all? Uh, for, for me, not really. Um, we we haven't lost there since first game of the season, which I felt we, we were a bit unlucky to to lose as well against Chelsea. Yeah, and we, we've had plenty more bigger teams come to Wembley this season, and we've managed to turn them over. The likes of United, Liverpool. Dortmund, Real Madrid. Mm, points, I, yeah. I'd consider, yeah, I'd consider all of them stronger teams than Arsenal. So, I wouldn't. I'm not worried on that aspect. I feel that to, tomorrow we've got a lot to, you know, prove. I think we. Oh, sorry, Saturday. I feel like if if all our players turn up how they did against United and how they did against Liverpool, then then we'd be fine. But if if we have a similar performance to when we played them at the Emirates, then we could be in trouble. Chase, I want to ask you, I mean, Maurizio Pochettino said in his press conference on Thursday that Lucas Moura should be in contention to face Arsenal. He's currently being assessed ahead of his, what will be a potential debut, whilst refusing to confirm how the Real could start the game. I mean, those two players, would you like to see both play? Well, I, I, fingers crossed Toby will. I know it, it might seem a little bit too early to throw Toby in. The only... The only other thing we can look back on with Toby is when he was out for, for what, six to eight weeks last year. I think his first game back was Man United away. And uh, it was Eric Dyer that missed out that day because Wanyama played in midfield. So he had no hesitation to throw Toby straight back into a big game last year. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Toby starts. 
Uh, and I think that the big difference perhaps between the, the, this game and the one earlier in the season is I think Spurs came out today and said it's the first time this season we've got a fully fit squad to pick from, whereas we went to the Emirates and we had we had Harry Kane's thigh all strapped up, didn't it? He, he was hamstring possibility and, and Rose wasn't available and Toby wasn't available. You had Dembele and Winks not properly fit in midfield and I'm sure that that was partly responsible for the for the disappointing display. I think Musa Sissoko started that game because of injuries to others, yeah. and we never could. Uh, Delhi Ali wasn't properly fit, I think, that day, and it was a whole combination of things. Whereas at least this time we've we've got a squad to pick from where Pochettino can say, "Look, that's the shape I want to play, and that's the exact team I want to play," rather than it being almost dictated to him. But um, you know, for me, it's. There's, there's there's lots of people saying, what team would you go for? Do you go to three at the back? Do you go to four at the back? For no. me, it's not so much getting the, the the team shape and the I'm comfortable whether it's Dyer in midfield, I'm comfortable whether it's Wanyama in midfield. I think that the key thing is win your individual battles, make sure you make the right decisions, make sure you're clinical in front of goal. And if we do that, we can win with four two three one. We can win with three four two one. I don't see it as any one system being better to go with than any other system. It's just a question of making sure they win their individual battles. Don't make the type of silly mistake we did in that second minute at Anfield with a back pass that's that's to nowhere and and and, and Gundogan's free header at Manchester City and things like that. Don't make those stupid mistakes. Be clinical when our chances come, which we weren't last night. And if we do those things, whatever the system, whatever team we pick, we've got a great chance to win the game. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to ask you. Shri S. Rayo asked the question, is going in with Davis and Trippier risky because of the pace that Arsenal will have over their front line? I mean, that's you know, that question. It reminds me so much of what we had in before Man United. And we cope with that. And Liverpool. Line. And Liverpool. Yep, Jason. And Liverpool. I mean, that's that question. What would you do in terms of the fullbacks? Because bearing in mind, we saw him um, play. He played, in, obviously, on, on the Newport game. We didn't have Aurea in the team. I mean, what do you think is going to go with fullback-wise, Vass, at the weekend? Yes. Um, Trippier's not my favourite, if I'm honest. But I think he'll go with Trippier and Davis. Really? And okay. I hear, I hear this um, thing about... Um, how will they stack up to the pace of the opposing forwards? And like Jace just said, they, it's been said pre before Liverpool. It's been said before just about every, you know, Man United. But our defence finds a way of coping. The mm. the fullbacks kind of push inside anyway and play narrow, and then our uh, our midfielders kind of spread anyway. And I don't think Arsenal, Man United or Liverpool play with out-and-out wingers anymore. Anyway, they've got pace. Of course they have. But most of these players are cutting inside. They're, they're drifting. They're interchanging positions. So it's not like, you know, old years gone by where people were playing outside left and outside right and you needed a right back and a left back to, to counter that. that. That football's evolved from then. Um I think we've got to be defensively sound, and if and and Davis is that, if nothing else. Um, and again, if we're on the front foot and getting forward, then you know they've got to worry about us, and more than us worry about them. Surely, I think you know if you have Walker and Rowe in 2016, it's an easy choice who your fullbacks are. But we don't have Walker at all, and we don't have Rose of 2016. Exactly. I thought he looked a bit, you know, the pace of Danny Rose. We know he's got that pace when he's fully fit, but there were times last night when he didn't have that real burst of pace that, that people think he has. And it's, it's what, 15 months now since we saw Danny Rose have a real Danny Rose game. And people have to understand that. And, and so for me, Ben Davis is definitely playing at left back. Uh, but on the other side, it's a real toss of the coin, which, which one of the two you want to go with. Right, Jase, but da Danny Rose hasn't been fit for 15 months, has he? That's no, why exactly. we're not so, yeah, so and that's what I mean. Yesterday was his first game for how long? So it's you know we don't. It's not. A, I didn't mean it as a criticism. It's no, I understand. Say, I understand. It's, it's like people yeah. think of Danny Rose, but they they, they don't seem to realise. Hold on, that Danny Rose is fifteen months ago. We haven't exactly. seen that Danny Rose, and and that's yeah. the problem with it. He's still trying to get back to that, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think answers you Kameo's question in terms of the 
the team. So I hope that answers your question. We've had so many in Spurs transfer also asked about the team. I hope that answers your question as well in terms of the team. Ash, let me ask you. I mean, this rivalry, it seems to be more intense every single year. It sounds like, Ash, for us, the only way we're going to be able to band to level with them is by getting that trophy over the line. I mean, it's fair to say in terms of the league, Ash, you know, we've proven over these last couple of years just how much we have progressed. How do you see the rivalry at the moment, Ash? Yeah, the, the, the rivalry's increased, but I feel like the rivalry's increased because we've got better and yes. we've kind of come up to their level. Mm. Like, if, if you look back, say, six, seven, eight years ago, or even possibly longer, ten years ago, they, they were always top two, top three, and we were languishing in about mid-table. And so, so the rivalry from, from their side probably wasn't as strong because they thought, oh, it's Tottenham, yeah, we'll beat them. Um, their their rivalry was more with Man United in terms of they were going for the title, so they just wanted to beat them. Whereas now we're we're both competing for top four. Um, the games mean much more. If 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 we win on Saturday, I feel like it it will push us on and it would demoralise them and it will give us a, a much greater chance of finishing above them. But if, but if they beat us and and they've done the double over us and they come within, yeah, can't let that happen. Then um, the gap's completely closed, and they've they've got the momentum, and you you can see them them pushing on and possibly pipping us. So th instead of the game just being a game and the rivalry just being because they're close, we're rivals in terms of competition as opposed to just geographical now. So that that's why the I think the rivalry has increased because the 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 game means so much more in in terms of points. Yeah. I agree completely. I do completely agree with you. I mean, Ash, we're pushed for time, so we're going to go round to the table now and get predictions so we can wrap this up. It's never a game I like to ask to predict, but Ash, you're brave enough to give us a prediction for this one at the weekend. Yeah, uh, it's going to be tight. Um, it's going to be nervous. I, I won't. I won't enjoy any of it. No. Nope. Um, but I reckon we'll win, and okay. I reckon three one. 3-1. God, that is a brave man right there. I'm with you, Ash. I do think we're going to win. I'm going to go with 2-1. It's going to be excruciatingly close, but I think we're going to get over the line. Vass, can I ask you? You're there as well at the weekend. I mean, like we said, we can't enjoy this one, but Vass, are you brave enough to stick your neck on the line for a prediction here? Not really, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to bottle it on us. But, You're bottle no, it. no, I won't bottle it. I won't bottle it. Uh... <sighs> Yeah, 2-1 sounds about right, I think. 2-1 sounds about right. Screw it, I'll go 4-1. 4-1. <laughs> I'm can going go out on the leave. Oh, God. And Vash, just to confirm, everyone can get your reaction to this, whatever happens on the Hotspur America. You'll be on there, will you, for the review this <laughs> one? Oh, I don't know, actually. Yeah, I might be. Yeah, I'll be on this Depending week. on how, how that prediction works out, that might be either way. Good you know what? If it doesn't on. work out, I'm, I'm staying home. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> have to lock up for a week, Vash. Stay, stay, uh, yeah, stay yeah. in the house. Jace, let me come over to you then to get a final prediction for this one. Are you going to be as confident as what Vass has gone there? I'm going to go for 2-1, but I'm not perhaps... Actually, perhaps I am as confident as Vass, because Vass wasn't too confident either. But uh, no, no, I'm not confident we... at all, mate. It's just no, the prediction. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think, it, you know, if we get everything right on the day, we can definitely win the game. But you have to ex accept we need to get everything spot on this week and no, no stupid mistakes or anything like that. We've... We've done that against Madrid and Dortmund and Liverpool and Man United at Wembley. We didn't do it against Chelsea. So it's it's, it's a big test, but fingers crossed we're up to the task. Yeah. And so if we are, then I think, yeah, 2-1 is probably the score that I can see most happening. But it is one of those days you can see anything happening. Yeah, It's going to be even more special with being at Wembley. Let's hopefully get that result as well. What a, what a result that would be for us to get over the line. Massive, massive game. You would say Spurs is probably... Biggest game of the season in terms of the Premier League at home. I say special home this season, Wembley, against them not down the road. Let's hope we get over the line. Ash, thank you so much for coming back on tonight. We've really enjoyed having you. Cheers, it's been a pleasure. Oh, fantastic. Vass, thank you as always. And thanks for that very brave prediction, Vass. We do appreciate it. I meant 2-1, actually, but... <laughs> No I'm hoping for 4-1. Oh, we're hoping for 4-1, Vass, I bet you. Um, Jay, thank yeah. you as always. No problem, mate. And Jace, we are going to be back, me and you anyway, reviewing this game on Monday night with a couple of guests. So let's hope we have got over the line. If it's 4-1, I think we'll have the champagne out, won't we, Jace? I'll be 
absolutely well happy. You know, whatever happens then for the rest of the season almost kind of goes out the window. Just just win this one Saturday, for God's sake. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, guys, enjoy the game on Saturday. Enjoy the build-up to it. As always, thank you for all the support and all the questions. As we roll into Saturday, come on, you Spurs! We can go through here. Check Smothers and Ali tucks it away. Deli Ali is delivered again. But this is a very precious one. Given Spurs the penalty. It's all falling apart for Arsenal in a couple of minutes here. He does. He scored in five in a row in the Premier League against Arsenal. Above all else, Tottenham are going to finish above Arsenal in the league this season for the first time since 1995. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.